0: It's always best practice to understand your audience. So so really understand who you'll be engaging with, their involvement, their influence over the solution and communicate with them early on. So understand what their resistance is try to empathize with their position, and then by getting them the information they need, bringing them along with you on the journey of the implementation, slowly see if you can influence their position as you go along.
1: Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who
2: are shaping the industry for tomorrow. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO of JGA Recruitment Group, and today we are joined by Louise Bartia, Head of Delivery at Silver Cloud HR, and Charlotte Yardley, who joins me as Head of Partner Success at Sage People. And today we're going to be talking all about implementation project lifecycle pitfalls, considerations, and best practice and more. So do do stay tuned. We've got loads of resources as well. We're going to make available to you all at the end of the show in the show notes. It's one episode you don't want to miss. It's going to give you everything you need to make sure the next implementation you embark on runs really really smoothly now louise who joins me is a cipd qualified former hr generalist who has over 14 years experience across hr and hris project management she's gained significant experience working on many hris implementations with several leading suppliers and now as head of delivery at silver Cloud hr she supports clients to help them digitize their processes from sourcing new hr or payroll systems to designing bespoke services. We're talking about robotic process automation, self-service, artificial intelligence, data, and more. Basically, all the things that will help enable HR and payroll operations to become more strategic because they help empower people through technology. However, we have Two fantastic guests to bring to the show today because we're also joined by Charlotte Yardley, who is head of partner success at Sage People. Now they really help knock down barriers in relation to information, insights, and tools that can enable payroll and HR processes to flow with ease. Now I've known Charlotte for many years. She's Prince2 qualified. She's a principal project manager with extensive experience of managing teams of project managers to deliver full life cycle projects from RFI and RFP all the way through. To hypercare so essentially whether you are someone who is thinking about embarking on an implementation project or maybe you're midway through a project or maybe you just want to upskill yourself to know and understand what it takes to deliver a successful implementation project then this is one episode you absolutely want to stay tuned to right to the end i will also be giving away a number of fantastic resources so do stay in tuned and you'll be able to deliver a seamless implementation. So without further ado, welcome, Louise, or welcome, Charlotte, to the show. How are you both feeling today? Yeah, good, thank yeah. you, Nick. thank so, you. I'm going to start with the basics. So if I'm an HR or payroll leader listening to the show right now, and I'm considering that implementation or digitization or transformation project, before I dive right into it, can you both sort of outline to me some of the key stages of what an implementation project might look like?
0: Yeah, sure. So I think it's really important that when you embark on your implementation, you approach it in a really, really structured way. Most of the vendors that will be implementing with you will come to you with a, a methodology and it's oftentimes unique to them, but broadly it will follow one of four or five key stages. So the first stage is all about setting up your project, initiating it and really setting the, the cornerstones for success. So bottoming out how you will work together, um, having a really robust plan in place and making sure that you have the resources in place to make sure you have a, a successful delivery once that's set in stone and it's really important to spend some time focusing on that together with your vendor you'll then move into what we often call discovery So this is really where you start bottoming out exactly what you want your system to do and deliver for you. So your vendor will work with you to explain how the system can deliver your processes and meet your organisational policy points. But there's also the opportunity here to really think about how you're going to improve your, your, your current processes. So, you know, how you will move forward from where you are today and be more streamlined. So you'll workshop those together, again, breaking it down into topic areas all the way from hire to retire. And then once that's been documented, your vendor will take that away and ultimately build your solution. At that point, this is where you really get into into the hard work as a customer, because once that solution is delivered back to you, then you'll go through the process of testing. And this is key to really bottoming out what is working well and what isn't and making sure that that what actually has been delivered is what you're expecting to see. After you've been through that, if you have payroll in scope, you'll move into parallel running. Again, completely critical um, to the success of a project. If there is one thing that you don't want to get wrong in a project is paying people. It's quite emotive. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) really, really making sure that your payroll is on point and then moving into going live. And then the final stages and really what needs to be the golden thread all the way through your project is how you're communicating and engaging your end users. I always encourage our clients to get your wider stakeholders groups involved from as early as possible. Have some representatives along the way who will work with you and will advocate for the new system when it's time to go live. So landing your solution well, communicating well. And collaborating with the organization all the way through will really mean that when your system goes live, it's well adopted and the end users have a really great experience. So. In a nutshell, those four or five steps really in a, a delivered in a really structured way means that you will have a really great smooth implementation from start to finish.
2: Amazing, amazing. And I mentioned in the introduction, of course, there are going to be a couple of downloads. Some of those include, uh, we've got a, a link to a digital HR maturity model, which breaks through some of the things you've talked about. There's also going to be a link to an implementation common pitfalls and considerations PDF, which has been created by Silver Cloud HR, which really goes into some of those subject points in a lot more detail, and we all know as well well, of course, this process starts a little bit earlier because there's a job to actually help vendor select in the first place before we even embark on that solution. You've got a great white paper called 12 Steps to Selection White Paper, which we'll also make available. But it leads me to the point of it's quite rare for me to bring two different clients into one show. So tell me a little bit about the collaboration between Civil Cloud HR and Sage People and, and, and some of the work that you're doing together.
3: With Sage, we have five um, Sage People partners, of which Silver Cloud is one of them. With our partners, we see them as an extension of SAGE. So we work really, really closely. So I work really closely with Lou and her team at Silver Cloud to ensure that they fully embrace and understand what it means to be a SAGE people partner and also live our values. And so we work really, really closely with Silver Cloud because they do that vendor selection um, that you're talking about and they help customers with that as well as having a section which also implements uh, the likes of sage people as well. So yes, we were really closely together on that.
2: Awesome. It's great to see collaboration within the sector regardless. And I think it's really, you know, as cloud as you mentioned in the introduction, you work with a number of different vendors uh, to deliver different types of implementation. On the back of that, you created a great PDF which highlights some of the pitfalls and considerations that people need to consider in each stage of the, uh, the implementation cycle. I know that listeners listen to this now, whether you work in pay or whether you work in HR, they're going to want to know what some of these common pitfalls might be. So what are some of the common pitfalls and some of the considerations? Perhaps the uh, the, the people that are involved in the implementations or considering implementation Right now, uh, from a user perspective or from an HR leadership or a power leadership perspective, may want to consider.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, through Silver Cloud, we've delivered a lot of projects and, and had a lot of learnings along the way with different sides of organisations and different sectors. But despite all of that, there are most definitely some common pitfalls that trend through all projects. And I think probably First and foremost is to really resource your project well. So sit down with your vendor and really understand what it's going to take to deliver a project. Now, having worked as a HR professional on the front line, so to speak, I understand how difficult it is to deliver the day to day, but also to really make sure a project's delivered well. And oftentimes it's not impossible, but it is too much. So if you can dedicate time and skills and knowledge from your existing teams, or if you're standalone, really carve out time in your day to dedicate to the project, it will make for all the difference in your success and the speed in getting your your solution in for
2: sure. I read in, the, um, in your guide, actually, that actually it's the resourcing side, which obviously put my ears up as a recruiter, but actually is often underestimated. So Charlotte, in your experience, where does this underestimation take place? What are the things that are often overlooked when it comes to the resourcing piece in terms of time or, or individuals that maybe need to be drawn into a project?
3: So I do think that um, some customers have a belief that they can implement the system along with their day job. As well and we know that the vast majority of people with their day job they can be absolutely maxed so it's really really important that you get dedicated resource and where we see it quite often i suppose in terms of not having enough resource is the project management side of it now depending on what size your implementation is and how much you've got going on in your organization so it might be so sage people might form like a program of work i think it really is important to have somebody who who project manages the implementation and i know you know we've went on jga a number of times for our customers where we've said actually you guys can help in terms of bring that project management experience that they need for their implementation and likewise we Ask for somebody who can dedicate some time to being a system administrator as well and what that means is that throughout the implementation they will become enabled on the system and then after the implementation they will be able to carry on administering that system because the last thing that we want is for a system to be implemented that you have to keep coming back either to Sage or Silverclay for ongoing help and support. We really recommend you have that system admin person in place and they become enabled right the implementation so that they can carry on um administrating the system going forward.
2: I think it's a great point I think when it comes to project management we see it and as as a recruitment agency that a lot of people sometimes feel like they've got the skills they don't necessarily want to hand them over to somebody else. Well, I could project manage this, but we underestimate just how much work is involved and how much skill is involved in a project management process. So there must be something that I guess sometimes you have to come across and kind of educating to say, look, you've got enough on your plate already. We know that HR and payroll professionals are working, you know, tirelessly at the minute to do what they need to do in their day job. So to add that project management piece on top without necessarily that specialist skill sets required to drive it is always going to be Problematic for the success of a project. I'd love to know what some of the other do's and don'ts might be that you come across. Maybe you've got some examples, Louise, where when you are coming into or helping manage an implementation project, there must be some very standard do's and don'ts that you've you've come across that maybe people have have fallen foul of that are listening to this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Don't underestimate your data. <laughs> so. Data is key to an implementation project and it's very visible. If you're an organisation who has not yet shared self-service with the organisation, your data will be visible to, to the outside world once you go live. It also comes down to the credibility of the people function. And when it comes to reporting your data out, ensuring that that data is fit for purpose and accurate. So think about this as early as possible. Think about the data cleanliness. Think about the data quality that you have, the completeness of your data sets. Now, you'll get lots of help and support from your vendor in supporting you to get from A to B. But you know your data best and you know your people best, so you're best placed to, to look at this. And it really is the success, again, to really making sure that when you go live, the solution is, is well received um, and people have trust in, in what's out there. So think about collating your data early. Think about your data sources and where you're going to collect that data from Think about the time that it's gonna take and the effort to go and uh, cleanse the data, but also to to collate missing data. I've been known to be in a filing cabinet at midnight, at night, extracting contracts Mm -hmm. to to digitize that data. So don't underestimate the effort involved and the importance of getting it right from the beginning. It's really, really key.
2: I think it's a a brilliant point. A lot of people say now that data is the most valuable commodity. In the world right and we know that data is the one thing the secret source if you like that's really helping drive the strategic importance particularly of payroll but HR is already there and utilizing it but we know the importance of it now if we leverage it correctly it can be a hugely powerful tool uh, in, in in the success of, of a business if you use well so presumably the credibility of that data is absolutely imperative to make sure that's correct and it's all there and it's usable in whatever new system you're you're bringing in going forward. I'd love to know some of the other lessons or experiences you've learned, um, Louise and, and Charlotte, in, in, in real client projects, I guess, that perhaps you've both been involved in, where you can demonstrate a very smooth implementation or even where you've had to perhaps overcome problems to, to get something back on track.
3: So really make sure that you know that scenarios that you want to test and base them on your business processes. So what you do on a day-to-day basis, so, at Sage People, we provide a, a set of testing scenarios, but they're ones to start off with, and you need to build on those your business specific scenarios. So, the customers that I have seen have a really successful implementation from the discovery stage, where we talk about all your processes and what you want to get out of the system and how you want it to, uh, you know, cut down on your, all your admin time and. and have really good processes they then think about how they they want to test that and it's really important in terms of then when you get to the testing stage but you go back to what you discussed on the discovery to say does the system do what i really want it to do because if you do that your system will land really really well but it will also become business as usual as soon as possible People will use it and go, yes, this fits with our processes and how we want to work. That's really key to a successful implementation as well.
2: Absolutely. How about yourself, Louise? Any examples where, I don't know, you've come in maybe midway into, I don't know if you get involved midway into implementations, but there have been something where you've had to kind of get something back on track where there have been some problems to overcome and and really, but but it's, it's, it's resulted in a really successful outcome?
0: Yeah, I think oftentimes one of the most overlooked elements in an implementation is around the change management and the communication around a project. Yeah. It's really often overlooked and it's 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 so important to get right. And it starts from the day that the project starts, as opposed to in the latter stages when most people think maybe we should start communicating about our new project. It's always best practice to get a, a consultation group together who represent the business more widely That involves your end users as well. Um, And in consulting widely about how the system will be formed, what gets input into the solution itself, you start to win hearts and minds early on. And as I hinted to earlier, you begin to get your system advocates that you can uh, weave into your project as you, as you go. So Charlotte mentioned around the testing process. That's a really great opportunity to get some end users involved in that skills early on so that they a, help you test, but also start to really talk about the solution and get people in their teams, in their employee groups, excited about what's to come. And beyond go live, they'll also act as your first port of call for anyone who's having issues in their teams. So, really important to get them involved, communicate, get people excited about the solution. It's a fine line about when you start communicating and what you start communicating. Yeah. Projects are always, always volatile. But uh, if you get that balance right, you will have a solution that embeds well into the business, lands well, and that people are accepting of and want to use and engage with.
2: I think that's a, a brilliant point. I'm, I'm not an implementation expert by any means, but I've done a master's in professional consulting. And it was interesting when I did those studies, how much time we spent focused on managing resistance, change management, turning resistance into advocates, as you mentioned there, and how that can really help deliver a successful Projects of, of any any guys, I guess. When it comes to resistance, what are some of the techniques or I guess processes you might follow to try and turn resistance into advocates? And I imagine that must be something you come across quite regularly.
0: It's always best practice to understand your audience. So, so really understand who you'll be engaging with, their involvement, their influence over the solution, and communicate with them early on. So, understand what their resistance is. Try to empathise with their position and then by getting them the information they need, bringing them along with you on the journey of the implementation, slowly see if you can influence their position as you go along. Better to understand who who is resistant earlier on, that you can affect that change, than to find out once the solution's live and, and that starts to cause issues. So communication is key in all of these processes and and really stopping to think about where that resistance is coming from and most importantly
2: why as soon as possible sure that makes sense so going forward what would you say have been the sort of key people strategies stroke initiatives i guess that your business have been kind of driving towards particularly the last 12 to 24 months we've seen you know a rapid evolution in the way that that people are now embracing new technology. So I'd love to know in particular, perhaps some of the things that you've seen change and, and, and perhaps areas where Sage people Charlotte have helped support silver cloud in, in that regard.
3: So into we have seen obviously we, with COVID, a huge amount of change about how people actually use our systems. So um, self service in particular has been really, really important in terms of communicating to your team. So using of the communications page within Sage People to give them news updates, also utilising surveys within Sage People as well to get a sense check and a health check of how people are actually feeling. So we've seen those parts of the system used far, far more than previously. The other thing as well is reporting. So we've mentioned a few times now about data and having good quality data. So because people aren't working in offices as much having the data and so things like absence data where your team is data on new hires and when people are due to start having all of that data that can be reported put in dashboards for managers and your team to have that complete visibility within the system has also been really really key so Those are the areas that we've seen utilised more than ever, I suppose, over the last um, two years.
2: Really interesting point. You mentioned uh, visibility there, Charlotte, because I think one thing we've seen change in the world of recruitment is just how much transparency that employees now demand. You know, we look at employees now as consumers within businesses. They want to see more, but also... People now, as you also mentioned, are working a lot more from home in remote environments. I'm assuming being cloud-based solutions, uh, Louise and Charlotte, that this hasn't caused too many issues in terms of delivering successful implementations because you can deliver things remotely now. But have you seen the process change in terms of how much transparency and visibility, to use your word Charlotte, that that clients and employees and consumers, if you like, are really demanding now and has the remote aspect of it with the different stakeholders potentially being based, not just anywhere in the UK, but anywhere potentially globally, has that caused any complications? Or has it actually done the opposite made it much easier to deliver an implementation?
3: I would say a lot of Sage people implementations were previously delivered remotely. Um, Anyway, so We haven't seen so much of that impacted because it's a global solution. We have people based all over the world uh, during the implementation process anyway. But what I would say that we have seen uh, more of a demand for is uh, the mobile app and people, how they access the system. So they are more likely to use the mobile app. You can set number of um, controls within the system of, what tasks a manager does what tasks hr does and what tasks an employee does a team member does and around absence in particular where a manager would book an absence before we've seen more team members um, be able to book um, absences because every all of that data is collated and presented to the manager who then approves that data so we have seen a lot more control given to um, the team members. And again, the manager, HR, having that visibility um, through the system.
1: Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit
2: jgarecruitment.com to find out more. So as a bit of a cheeky question, what are kind of the key business benefits a customer you know if a customer's coming to you that you would focus on if you're presenting you know a case to her you know they were looking to procure Sage and, and you want to give your business case forward to them what kind of things would you would you say to a customer what, what kind of things would you focus on
0: yeah I think you know, we've had a changing world in the, in the past two years, and we are now truly global. We've seen a shift towards hybrid working, remote working, and, you know, that's where your solution really needs to work hard for you and be truly global and able to operate uh, in that way. So, you know, we have now the concept of working from anywhere and and that's where a solution can not only operate globally um, and give you global data but also be able to to manage local compliance we also see more recently there is more challenges in in hiring individuals so a solution that is engaging and also supports your employer brands. So what we don't want is for you to to go out with a really successful recruitment campaign, to have found your, your ideal applicants. Only for that experience to reduce when they enter the organisation. So, for example, onboarding tool sets, engaging self-service is really, really key to to retaining your top talent and embedding with them that they've made the absolute right decision to join your organisation. So, you know that then leads through to to being able to to feedback constantly. So you know we're now seeing a new generation enter the workforce. Their experience of the world of work is around personalization and being able to see what they were sold matching what the reality is. So the ability to be able to offer that feedback day to day, month on month, through self service, through mobile is is really key to retaining top talent and having a, a successful solution that works hard
2: for you. Absolute music to my ears though. I couldn't agree more. I think um we're always trying to explain to clients that the, the recruiting process doesn't finish when you find someone and make an offer. It's you've got to get through that onboarding process, make the experience a really positive one, engage your employees, have that transparency, all the things you've just mentioned.
3: And it's yeah. amazing
2: how many clients do fall foul, I guess they get that person in and they, they kind of forget or they don't have the training or, or the things that they need to make that those first few months and weeks a, a positive experience. So um, I think the fact that you're addressing that is fantastic. Um Music to my ears. I hope all clients listen to this do the same. It's often a very much overlooked part of the recruitment process. And uh, the experience certainly shouldn't finish once you've made that offer. It's kind of the start really, um, making that experience a really, really positive one. So um yeah, fantastic observation. I know we've talked a lot about data today. So I'd love to know if you've looked at some of the data that you've collected to know what you know what some of the successful outcomes you've been able to measure uh, working with sage people i know you've got any enhanced insights or maybe you've got data in relation to improving processes but any data or insights you can share with the uh, with the listeners
0: yeah i think um You know, we've worked with lots of organisations who've really seen the business benefits of working with with Sage. Uh, The possibility of having uh, and being able to express multiple brands in self-service is really key. So we worked with a a leading education provider. They were part of a group and their individual brand identities within each of the group organisations is really important to them. So the ability to maintain that within SAGE People self-service was important to their employees and their engaging experience and their sense of being part of that particular organisation in addition to being part of the group. We've also seen again another group organisational structure where one of the group members implemented SAGE People. It was such a success that uh, and delivered so much benefit to that organization that now group-wide they're looking to implement it globally wow great uh, and you know being a pr communication organization seeing the benefits of, of having that engaging self-service experience and, and the mobile platform really, really was important. And and again, aligned to to how their organizational values and and what they deliver as an organization as well.
2: Now, I have to say to all the listeners out there that SilverCloud HR have created a fantastic digital HR maturity model. So as I said, right at the start of the introduction, this is gonna be available to all of you to access in the show notes immediately after this recording. So please do access it, take advantage of some brilliant resources. But interestingly within that digital HR maturity model, it talks about potential how potential customers can access the information to help plot their journey through the digitization process. It, it It's a guide that states there can be numerous quick wins to be had at every single stage. Without giving the whole document away, what I'd love to know is perhaps whether you could share some of those quick wins for people that are listening right now, what they might be. But also tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the model itself.
0: Yeah, sure. So the digital maturity model is really key to us, and it often helps us to articulate to clients and benchmark to where they are today to to where they could be should they continue to digitize um, in the organization so we often ask clients to, to to look at the model and honestly answer where they believe they are today and you know we work with a range of organizations of all sizes, those who are offboarding from spreadsheets to filing cabinets, to those who have digitized, but maybe not necessarily landed it well, or their organization is growing through acquisition or organically, and they need to keep up with the demands. So by benchmarking yourself, that is one way for people professionals to also explain that to the business in their business case, what the benefits of digitizing further can be. It's visual, it's quick and easy. and you can see really by pushing forward and digitizing further what the benefits will bring and how that can really add business value and you know greater return on investment. I think again, the pandemic has only shone a light on the benefits of, of digitizing, you know the easy access to data, if we're getting really smart about it, the benefits of you know data analytics, um, predictive analytics, the move towards AI right at the peak of that yeah. model.
2: Yeah.
0: But even at the bottom, as we say, there are some quick wins to have, and probably cornerstone to that, as we've talked about, is around your data cleanliness, moving towards having some level of reporting um, in your organization, being able to robustly get the data out and interpret it. So it's a really great tool to quickly see where you are, but also to aspire to to the top of the pyramid, and really help you drive the business case and articulate the importance of getting to the top or as close to the top as you can.
2: Brilliant, there's a fantastic guide. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, reverse engineer this slightly then, Louise, and put you on the spot here. Going, taking yourself back to your your days as an HR generalist and um, when you're working in HR. Let's I know pretending you don't know everything that you know now necessarily. But if you embark on an implementation project now and you were able to give one of you know the best quick win, if you like, from everything that you know from that maturity model that would really help an HR professional listening to this now that just wants a bit of a you know a fast forward somewhere, what would be the quickest win they could obtain from utilizing this model and from following a best practice implementation project?
0: Again. Data is king. Get your data accurate and complete and in a good position, because that, again, is the cornerstone to to everything. You will be able to draw so many insights from having cleansed data, accurate data. And as we, again, we've talked about just the credibility that having good data has. You know, people need to be able to trust anything that comes after it in terms of the visibility of it, in terms of reporting on it. You will not always be the owner of that data. So people own their own data. So encourage and instill in the organisation the need to keep your data up to date and the benefits of doing so. So and then collectively, if you then move on to implement a solution or indeed, if you're just reporting from your spreadsheets or or your first solution today, at least then you'll know that what you're producing, people trust uh, and you'll have the credibility from doing so.
2: Amazing. We'll go back to that most valuable commodity in the world is now data. So uh, yeah, great point. How about for yourself, shall what would be the top tips you would give someone with all the experience you've got, not just implementing and project managing for lifecycle implementations, you've also project managed teams of project managers to do the same. What would be your top tips that perhaps people could take away from this episode uh, if they're in the middle of an implementation or they're considering one that could really give them a bit of a fast track?
3: I would um, go back to the change management piece. So look at who needs to be involved within the implementation, your subject matter experts, to the messaging that you want to land with um, the team. So really, really think about the people that need to be involved within an implementation. Get people excited about the implementation as well because from when you first embarking in implementation just looking for a system, let alone implementing at the sage people to beyond, the amount that you are going to get from that is going to be huge. So yeah really really quick tip is just look at the people that you need to get involved, carve their time out to what they need within an implementation from your subject matter experts right through to like the system administration side and project management side as well
2: amazing now of course there is a, a brilliant white paper called 12 steps to selection and um, if you are looking and you're at the early stages this, this resource will also be available in the show notes but I guess it's something perhaps we overlooked a little bit so far in this show. So I wonder if there's any considerations, perhaps Louise, you would ask a business leader to consider if they were right at the start. They're just preparing to go to market for new and HR or payroll solution. They haven't started the implementation yet. They're in that consideration phase. What are some of the things they need to think about?
0: Yeah, having a really strong business case is, again, key. Think about it from the perspective of the business benefits as opposed to what we would naturally do, which is to looking at the benefits of the people function or indeed yourself as a HR leader. So really focus on what the business will benefit from and the return on investment. Think carefully about your scope and what what you really need. So uh, what are the nice-to-haves versus what is paramount for you to to have in place? Think about not only replacing or looking for for like-for-like so that you're not reducing what the business gets, but also thinking about pushing some of those boundaries and, and what potentially the best technology you can get for your budget research the market you can never do enough research the technology in the market and what's available today moves quickly you know there are always evolving trends be clear on how leading practice you want to be think about your organizational culture and what will work well so for example if you're an organization that may not be used to using technology is a mobile-led solution always going to work I would like to think that you can probably push the boundaries there and and, and influence, but but do think about what would work and the best fit for you as an organisation is where we'd say. And then coming back to to having a clear plan on how you're going to go out to market and how you're going to procure your new solution. And again, consult widely. So again, think about your challenges to, to procuring a new solution, who they may be. Um, involve them early in the process and communicate and gain people's opinions as early as possible as well.
2: Amazing, fantastic and you mentioned there as well you know that, that technology is moving really really fast so let's say I'm a, a, an HR or a payroll professional listening to this and maybe I delivered a full-scale life cycle implementation five let's, like, let's call it five years ago. Yeah. Charlotte what are the things that have significantly changed in terms of the process that would make You experienced five years ago, not necessarily give you all the skills you would need to deliver something now, which is why you might need some of that additional consultancy expertise, or you may need to get an external vendor involved. What have been the key changes in terms of the way that implementation delivery has shifted over the last five years?
3: I would say that in terms of delivery, we're always looking at Sage at time to value. So what's the quickest return on investment that we can give you? So I would say processes have become more standardized so that um, companies can adopt those and bring in like some global standardization as well so Sage People absolutely does cater for customers who have lots and lots of different entities and want each entity to have a different experience but what we would recommend is to have some global processes and some standardization we are seeing more and more of that than ever, I would say, over the last few years, where thinking about the HR team and the people team that have to administer systems, do they want to do it for in lots and lots of different ways, or do they want that nice standardised global process? So that has really changed in the last few years to, to go with that more standardised approach. Excellent.
2: And so moving it forward then five years, uh, Louise, we've seen tra- you know technology change significantly over the last five years and evolve at such a rapid pace. What are some of the things people are always intrigued to know what the future might look like? And we know we can't we can't predict the future, but if I was to ask you to give it a go, how do you think technology in the world of payroll hr is going to change and evolve over, over that? Well, maybe that's five years is too long to look with the speed things are changing, but what does the future look like?
0: It probably is at the pace that technology <laughs> is changing. So I'm a huge advocate of thinking clearly about what your people strategy is needing to deliver in the next three to five years, and then ensuring that your technology enables that. That's the way around it should fit. So yeah. if we think about some of the leading practice that's out there at the moment, that's really topical. Pay on demand, for example, where employees are able to draw down on their accrued pay immediately in, in the month. If we think about financial well-being and the cost of living crisis, that's uh, that's about to hit us you know having a really strong benefit election platform that will enable employees to see exactly what's available to them oftentimes we go into organizations and we ask employees what benefits do you get and, and what's open to you and, and and sometimes they're unable to tell us you know what's available so making that really visible making pay flexible and again, thinking about the changing workforce, those who are now working remotely, uh, new generations entering into the workforce, I can envisage where AI is really going to, to come in to self-service and deliver that personalised experience almost that, you know, that the new generation are looking for. Um, you know, we've all become accustomed to TV platforms such as Netflix, for example, yeah. where Algorithms are deciding what is presented to us. Self-service people systems will go the same way. It'll become personalised as we move move forward. So there's some really exciting stuff out there. Again, organisations need to understand how ready they are for it and what fits with their culture and their needs. So Aligning to your people strategy is really, really key to making sure that, you know, what you're moving forward with is fit for purpose, but there is some exciting stuff coming for sure.
2: Yeah, that's a great response. We're living in an on-demand culture now, don't we? The streaming culture of everything's instant. it kind of links to your tagline, um, although you didn't mention it, I'll mention it before you, which is kind of empowering people through technology rather than the other way around, which I think is a fantastic way to kind of, to kind of round that off. Anything you would add to that, uh, Charlotte, in terms of how you're seeing the future of, of, of implementation and technology change? What are some of the anything that you, you could add that, that maybe we haven't considered yet that people maybe need to start preparing for?
3: Um, I would say Lou is absolutely spot on in in what she said, uh, and would wholeheartedly agree that analytics piece as well. But yeah. it's huge now; it's going to get even bigger in terms of what that data can can give you in predictive analytics, but it can give you in that all that insight of data that you can then. Some
2: work with. Super. Totally agree on analytics as well. I I say it a lot. It's obviously in the world of payroll. It's analytics. It's going to really drive that strategic profile of the payroll industry. It's already driving the strategic profile of the HR industry and I'm sure it can continue to do so. So uh, absolutely valid and and worthy point to finish with. So I'm going to open the vault. We're going to keep this short. Just two questions for you both. Same question for each of you. One's serious, one's a bit of fun, so do be prepared and there's no pressure on your answers. But the first one then for you, Louise, um, if you could change the entire payroll or HR industry with one action or improvement, what would that action or improvement be?
0: Without a doubt, accelerating pay on demand. There is a two-way conversation about the pros and the cons that I actually see. It's how we will all be paid in the future and being able to have people think differently about pay and benefits is really really key so for me
3: pay on demand for sure
2: fantastic and the same question for you charlotte what actional improvement would you change if you could
3: um i would say get the experts in the right places so make sure that you've got the relevant expertise whether it be somebody that helps you with vendor selection Or whether we go, if we look at the resources side in terms of implementation, that project management piece that we said, make sure you've got the resource and those experts in the right places. Don't have somebody who feels that they have to do everything when you um, have got those experts at hand that you can call upon.
2: Amazing. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And we've, we've identified as a payroll study recently, there's over 60 different payroll pathways now. It's becoming incredibly niche and payroll HR professionals can't do everything. So I think that's Absolutely. a really, really good point. Absolutely well made. So last question, a bit of fun. Um, if HR and or payroll was either a movie or a song, Louise, you can pick either. Which movie and or song would you pick? Top Gun, for sure, because we're all heroes in HR and payroll. <laughs> Boom. Fast and out of the park. Excellent. Amazing. How about yourself, Charlotte?
3: I'm going to say any of the Avengers movies because you always need a team to be able to work with and uh, save the day with, I suppose. You can't just do it by yourself. So yeah, any of the Avengers movies.
2: Superheroes as well, right? They're all superheroes. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, Louise Bartier, Charlotte Yard, it's been an absolute pleasure for joining me today on the podcast show. Just to reiterate, if you haven't heard it already, you're catching this episode late. There are some fantastic resources I'm going to make available in the show notes. They include a link to the digital HR maturity model that we have discussed. They're going to include a link to the implementation common pitfalls and considerations PDF that we've discussed as well. And there'll be a link to 12 steps to Selection White Paper, which are all fantastic resources. I highly recommend you take those, utilize them. Of course, do check out the website as well, which is silvercloudhr.co.uk. If you want to find out more about the uh, work Louise has been doing, or indeed if you want to find out more about Sage People, then of course you can go to sage.com as well. Both those links will be in the show notes. And of course, if you need support with any recruitment requirements, then you can contact myself or any of my team at jgarecruitment.com. Just leads me to say a huge thank you to you both for joining me today on the podcast for the whistle-stop tour to overcoming common pitfalls, thinking about all the considerations and best practice, things that we need to consider when implementing or going through an implementation. So thank you so much, Louise. Thank you so much to Charlotte. I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the podcast real soon. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.